Well, like Bruce said, I hope all of you guys had a really great, great, great Christmas. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, this is a great time with, uh, with uh, having our times with our families and stuff so special. So I bless you there. It's not over yet. So um, <clears throat> before I get started, I always like to pray because without God, uh, you know, it's just words. And uh, so if you could do me a favor and just... Uh, bow your heads up until the time you pass that, you know, I want you to put your money in the basket, so. But we say thank you so much, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word of God, and we thank you for the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. God, uh, again, without the body, it's, it's just, uh, it's nothing, Lord. God, and there is a place. I know some people feel like, Lord, that, you know, who needs church? You know, I can have my relationship with God, but Father, we need the body. We need the body to pray for one another. We need the body to encourage one another. And we need to share the God, rightly dividing the word of truth, Father. And I pray that the message I have today, Father, I give you all the praise and the credit, Father. I pray that whatever you want me to have these people here, Lord, God, it would come uh, from you into me and out to the people, Father. And I give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it wouldn't be right unless I started with some kind of a little bit of humor. So, you know where Santa stays when he comes into town? Hmm? No. A uh, ho-ho-ho-hotel. Stick with me, folks. They don't get any better. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, um, you know, I always kind of, my messages are usually, you know, th I think out of the box. And so, um, again, I can't help but encourage you guys to, uh, when you have time alone and maybe you kick on some nice music and you're thinking and so forth, just begin to think about things, and you'll be surprised, uh, you know, the, what God will put into your mind, and then go with it. When you know it's God, uh, and you feel like it's God, Is that okay? Okay, cool. Okay. Um, I don't, you know, what's bad about getting old is I forgot what I was saying, you know. But, uh, but anyway. Huh? Yeah, I got the ho, ho, ho. I, I didn't forget the joke. That's a good thing. That's a way to start off right. But, you know, when we're sitting there meditating and thinking, you know, and lots of times, uh, I was really stressing out because I have to be honest with you. I had, uh, I had three different messages, you know, that I thought, what I was going to share, and man, I kept feeling uncomfortable, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Like, you know, no, 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 no. And usually when the message is from God, um, I feel this thing that comes on me that, that uh, it's, it's not me, it's, it's something God wants to share. And uh, so, lo and behold, because of the season, the reason for the season, all of a sudden, I came up with I feel like I really need to address Christmas. And um, after Christmas, um, 
if you can take this, uh, this thought popped into my mind. What if Jesus had never been born? Have you ever thought of that? Well, today you're going to think about it because I'm going to share a little bit today. And uh, so I want to welcome my good friend Dave, Dave Cutler. Uh, he comes from the other church. He comes here, and he had no idea I was speaking today, so uh, I guess God's got him over there checking me out. So anyway, <laughs> appreciate you being here, Dave. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> um, and I came up with a... a, a I, you know, it could be a little humor, but, you know, some truth. And it. it's uh, Santa versus Jesus, okay? So I'm going to read these. It says, why Jesus is better than Santa Claus. Santa lives in the North Pole. Jesus lives everywhere. Santa rides in a sleigh. Jesus rides on the wind and walks on the water. Santa comes but once a year. Jesus is an ever-present help. Santa fills your stockings with goodies. Jesus supplies all your needs. Santa comes down your chimney uninvited. Jesus stands at your door and knocks and then enters your heart when invited. Also, that reminds me of, uh, no, I, I just got reminded of another joke. So, uh, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. You know what happens when Santa goes down the chimney and uh, they happen to have the fire on? Uh, well, he becomes Chris. Kringle. Chris Kringle. All right. All right. I think I'm doing good because, you know, the last time I was up here and told a joke how to explain it, that kind of takes a little edge off of it. Okay. You have to wait in line to see Santa. Jesus is as close as the, as the mention of his name. Santa lets you sit on his lap. Jesus lets you rest in his arms. Santa doesn't know your name. All he can say is, Hi to the little girl or boy, what's your name? And Jesus knew our name before we did. Not only does he know your name, he knows our address too. He knows our history and future, and he even knows how many hairs are on your head. <laughs> Easier job for me. Okay. Santa has a bell, like a, a belly, like a bowl full of jelly. Jesus has a heart full of love. All Santa can offer is ho, ho, ho. Jesus offers health, help, and hope. Amen. Jesus says, you better not cry. Jesus says, cast all your cares on me, for I care for you. Santa's, Santa's little helpers make toys. Jesus makes new life, men's wounds, hearts, wounded hearts, repairs broken homes, and builds mansions. And Santa may make you chuckle, but Jesus gives you joy that is your strength. While Santa puts gifts under your tree, Jesus became our gift and died on a tree. It's obvious there is really no comparison. We need to remember who, who Christmas is all about. We need to put Christ back in Christmas. Christmas. Jesus is still the reason for the season. Yes, Jesus is better. He is better than Santa Claus. Amen? You know, Santa Claus has his place, but you know... Where it doesn't have its place is when Santa starts getting the glory and Jesus doesn't. <clears throat> so um, I'm going to tap off the well here. So anyway, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just the way our society, have you ever noticed that I'm amazed at how our society is trying to de-Christianize everything, including Christmas. Uh, 
we can say Happy Hanukkah, we can say Happy Kwanzaa, uh, but don't say Merry Christmas. Has anybody noticed that? Don't say Merry Christmas. Um, and uh, there is an attempt to, I'm sorry, this is really, you know, sanitize, sorry. There is an attempt to sanitize Christmas of Christ-likeness, okay? You know, some, uh, there are some reasons why people, I think people do that. Some are just, you know, feel like it's a threat. It's a threat to their way of life. And then some are just simply evil and despise anything good. They're those, they're those the kind of people. And then uh, some see a problem with the hypocrisy of some Christians. I know a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, I, I don't go to church, you know, because they're just a, a, a bunch of hypocrites. Well, hello, there's hypocrites out in the world, and it depends on what you call a hypocrite. Yes, there's people here in church that are saved, they make mistakes, and people on the outside who don't know it look like, well, look at that. Well, I never said I was perfect, and there's nobody in here as perfect, but by the grace of God, we have his forgiveness, amen? So that's something they miss, you know. They just feel like, well, we're all a bunch of hypocrites. You know, you come into church on Sunday and you're all goody two-shoes and then Monday you go out and, you know, be somebody else. I think all of uh, true Christians are just, you know, saints keep trying and they're forgiving, you know. And so, you know, people just kind of get that all mixed up. But there are many things that, that uh, have to do with this season of the year. I could, uh, th there's a couple things I was thinking about when I was meditating what I could do without and, uh, you know, um, one of the things is I, c I could do without all the busy shopping and the malls and everything else. I could do without decorating, uh, you know, all the festivities and sometimes overshadow when they overshadow the reason for the season. And, uh, and then, last but not least, I hope I don't step on anybody's toys. I mean, uh, toes, not toys, sorry. Uh, but I could do with, uh, without the selfishness and the materialism that is taught to our kids. And uh, I know it grows quiet, but by the way, when I, when I see children around Christmas time, I'm sometimes really discouraged by their selfishness. If uh, our kids are not satisfied with what they have, they may be better off not getting anything. And let me uh, talk about that for a second. Uh, how many of you guys watch America's Funniest Videos? Okay, the, they showed a couple videos uh, over these last couple weeks about kids, uh, you know, at Christmas time. And you see a, a, a child, and, uh, you know, when he opens up his Christmas present, he goes, he, he literally throws it down. He goes, I didn't want this. And, uh, you know, people like that, you know, they win America's Funniest Videos. And I think that's really disgusting because it's, we all know that Christmas is not about me, 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 it really should be about giving to others. And yet, sometimes, uh, meaning well, we parents would, uh, you know, just loose our kids into this whole thing about me, me, me. This is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. If you want a real, real, well, you know, I, I remember Judy and I, when we were raising our four kids, <clears throat> at Christmas time, I've been over at people's house where when it was time to open presents, they just went nuts. They went underneath the trees and they just started ripping everything else. And you know, and the kids are all their papers flying everywhere and the dogs are barking and everything else. And quite literally, I don't know who got what. And you know, 
And so, but with our children, we always made, and this, you know, to this day, I think, you know, they, I don't know if they've forgiven us for it or whatever, but we, uh, we made our, each child open a gift and the others watch the child as he opens a gift and make a comment, say, hey, that's a, that's a great pair of pajamas, you know, and, and oh, Dave, you know, that was just kind of what you want. Then we'd go to the next child and he'd open up a gift. And, you know, it got to the point where I think our children, in fact, my children allow their children, they're passing it on. And so that you honestly, uh, my kids begin to appreciate for other people. It isn't just what I can get. It's what they got. And, uh, and if you want a real acid test, okay, and I, <clears throat> I was telling my wife, I know I must have thought of it because at my age, sometimes I think I do things, but... I find out that I didn't do the things that I thought because they get turned around. But if you want a true acid test about where your child is, decide one Christmas that each child gets one gift and all the other gifts that they have, they'll turn into Salvation Army to give those that, that don't have anything. The, uh, you know, that, uh, the shelters and uh, maybe Salvation Army and so forth, the kids that aren't as unfortunate. And just see your child's reaction. I think it'll tell you a lot. And, uh, and I don't mean to, you know, squash Christmas. Christmas is a great time. It's a happy time. I had my uh, daughter and her three children and my son-in-law down from Oregon, and we had a ball, and it was great. And we had a lot of gifts, and it was just a, a, a good time. And that's what Christmas is all about. But, you know, I can remember when our kids got up, I think this is true, right, Jude? When we got up, when our kids got up, the very first thing we did before they opened anything is we prayed and thanked thank, thank Jesus for being born and, and didn't let them forget the reason for the season. So praise God. And, uh, and I think uh, that does a lot in helping your child not to be so much into themselves. Okay. So, something on a little, uh, a little bit lighter. Um, you know, I wanted to discuss, it's kind of like my, the, if you wanted to call it a title of my message would be, what if? Okay, you could call it, what if? John, I just want to let you know, <clears throat> from the moment you spoke on Thrive, I have not been able to shake that whole thing about this world being polluted. You live in a polluted world. I just want to let you know that the message that you spoke that Wednesday was really of the Lord, and it was awesome. Because when something hangs with you, and how many know that when you hear a message and it hangs with you, you just know that it was from God, you know, because he's working on us. So the thing is, I just want to encourage you, John, that was a great message, and I want to encourage all of you that, you know, uh, haven't gone to Thrive or missed Thrive to try to, to plug in, because we've heard from all kinds of different people, and it's really great. Okay, so we live in a polluted world, okay? So we live in a world where people are, are trying to remove Christ from everything. Courts are trying to remove Jesus from schools, from courthouses, and from all public places. Companies are refusing to wish you a Merry Christmas anymore. And it just kills me that, you know, it's like, uh, any, nowadays it's like happy holidays. It's not Merry Christmas anymore. But I, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of an ornery guy, and so they can happy haul the day me all the way to wherever, and I'm marrying Chris and I'm right back, you know. And uh, because uh, I never want to forget the reason for the season. 
So um, it says, um, years ago, I don't know, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but years ago, John Lennon had a big hit song called Imagine. Do you guys remember that one? They still play it now, now, nowadays. <clears throat> and so um, it was a real big hit. And so the song he said, uh, these are uh, part of the lyrics. It says, um, let's see, imagine there's no countries. And I'm not singing this because I'm, I can't sing. There's no countries. And then it goes on to say, it isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. No religion to imagine all the people living life in peace. But, oh, and then he goes on to his thing. Well, I don't know if you realize what he was saying, but he was implying that one of the reasons why there's no peace in this world is because of religion. And, uh, and I understand what he means because there's been a lot of wars, especially religious wars. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people that want to come against Christ and come against the church and so forth, they like to throw that in your face. Yeah, your God said, you know, your God said, go fight these people, wipe out these people and, uh, you know, destroy them, women and children. And, and uh, they don't, they always, I notice people that, that really don't, aren't serious about God, like to go through and cherry pick out of the Bible the things that they, I guess, have, have everybody experienced kind of that? You know, they'll throw it, yeah, and they'll pull out these little things that, you know, that in the bigger picture, it, it's all explained in the Bible. But if you just pick it out, yeah, you know, and in the Bible makes it clear if a person's really unsaved, um, the Bible is foolishness to them. And uh, so they, what they need to do is, 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 is basically to get saved. So it says here, it says, um, uh, I know that we live in a world where many people are critical of religion. I know that many people are intolerant of Christianity because of its stand for truth and unwillingness to compromise the principles. And I think that's what bugs them most. You know, we don't say we think, we know we have a way. Jesus said, this is the way. Nobody gets there unless you come through me to the Father. And I think that bugs everybody because we, we live in a generation where everything's like, uh, hey, you know, man, all roads lead to the same. And, man, you know, I'm not quite sure you should just go with what you feel. Uh, you know, look inside, man, you know. Yeah, well, I was raised in the 60s, so, you know, I, I got a lot of that, you know. I love everybody, man. You know, it's cool. You know, and uh, I wonder where those people are now, you know. Uh, they're probably a lot of these corporate execs now uh, and thinking of nothing but themselves. But anyway, I know that many people attempt to find fault and flaws in the Bible. And I know the world we live in, being a Christian, is, is definitely not the end nowadays, okay? Many people, we think, that life would be better off with, without Christianity. And, uh, and many people in the world, in their heads, you know, do accept the fact there was a man named Jesus, and he was a good man, and he was a teacher, and he was born 2,000 years ago. But that's about as far as it goes. And, you know, I think John Lennon was really mistaken. A life without Jesus would not bring peace in the world, but rather would bring chaos. Uh, I mean, if you don't believe that, just look uh, at our current news. That should tell you a lot right there. Uh, you know, some of these killings and some of these, these atrocities that happen you know, um, and uh, they aren't done by God-fearing uh, Christians. Uh, 
And uh, so, you know, there, there is a difference. And, and so I, I was thinking, you know, I said, well, you know, you got to give them something, you know. So I thought, well, okay, I came up with like five reasons, and I'm sure you guys could come up with more. And, uh, you know, but we'll start off with, uh, how about holidays? If Jesus wasn't born, okay, uh, if the whole uh, if the whole story uh, in uh, in Luke two one through twenty <clears throat> that's basically the Christmas story <clears throat> didn't happen just took it out of the Bible it didn't happen I think this is uh, the, I'm going to give you five things that you'd see change okay first of all I don't know if you realize but you know holidays and the dating system would be different you say what do you mean well first of all there would be much fewer holiday seasons because most of the holidays, such as Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, and this will blow your mind, even Halloween began as a Christian holiday. Did you know that? How many knew that Halloween was a Christian holiday? Oh, you guys are way too smart, man. I was hoping to get one on you. Okay, uh, but that's another whole subject. But as usual, the father of all lies corrupted the Halloween for what it was. And uh, so anyway, um, we, should, we, wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be living in the year 2012 because our calendar and years are set up around the fact that Jesus came to this earth. You know that? A.D., B.C., you know. And uh, so I don't know what the date would be now. And, that's, and uh, you know, definitely, you know, uh, there would be a lot of people that were against Jesus, but they wouldn't be getting those days off from work. Okay, <clears throat> so they might come up with a National Norman Day or something. You know, that sounds good. Uh, Norman's Home Relief Fund, you know, you, you make out the checks. But anyway, so that's one thing, okay? The second thing would be <clears throat> America as a nation and our laws, okay? We got to thinking about this. I said there probably wouldn't be any America like we know it uh, because like it or not, America was founded by people seeking to find religious freedom. Uh, also, America was founded by people with a Christian perspective on life. Now, you, you know our forefathers, you know, they, they, they truly did believe uh, in a higher power in the Judeo-Christian. Uh, we don't get into the, we don't get into, okay, he, whatever I'm selling, he's buying because he just put up his hand. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, so it's like, yeah, you know, um, we have to understand that, uh, that they not only were looking for religious freedom, but even when they began to make our laws up, they, they based their laws on, on a lot of them on the Ten Commandments. You know, who says stealing is wrong? I mean, really, you know, if they were setting up a law, uh, well, stealing is good for me, but it's bad for you, or, you know, if, I, if you steal from me, I steal from you. And, you know, I mean, who sets all these laws up? So that would all be changed. I don't know there'd be a set of standards, and I don't know where they'd be coming from. Um, if, uh, if, we, um, if there would be even America, we're not even sure that if people would have gotten out of their comfort zone to come and tr to find a new world where they had religious freedom. So we don't know if there would be America. Our laws and governments would be quite different because only uh, early lawmakers patterned much of our laws off of the biblical principles. Okay, that's two. Now three. And uh, this is, this is going to maybe surprise you. Hopefully, I'll get one on you guys on this. Okay, sadly, education would be quite different, too. Many of our school systems were established 
by Christian people. And most colleges and universities were founded as Christian colleges, which means, sadly, there would be no Duke University or college basketball. Can you imagine uh, the things that would not have been accomplished because many people found motivation in their faith in Christ and consequently they accomplished great things in our society. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, Duke University was, was started by uh, Methodists and Quakers. How many of you knew that? Okay, so I'm going to read a little thing here. <clears throat> I think it's really interesting. The world is, is so changed from the way it was. Uh, how many of you, you know what I love about Christmas time? Um, how many have seen that movie, The Bishop's Wife? Uh, and, and uh, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. You know, there shouldn't be anybody that doesn't have their hand up about it. It's a Wonderful Life. Sometimes they overplay it. But, but I appreciate the way things used to be. How, how, you know, the pace was slower. Uh, if, uh, if your mom made you a pair of socks, you didn't throw it down because you didn't get your Game Boy or whatever. And uh, it, it just was like, it, it was slower. But people are still people. And John, we still lived in a polluted world back then, correct? Okay, so I'm going to uh, name off some of these colleges. I think it might surprise you. Harvard was named after a Christian minister. Yale was started by clergymen. And Princeton's first year of class was taught by Reverend Jonathan Dickinson. Princeton's crest on their, on their, uh, on their wall still says, and I, I, I'm going to murder this because I don't know Latin at all. It's, uh, I think it's Dea Sum Numain Vigit or something. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But okay. But anyway, uh, when in doubt, I was taught, fake it out. Okay. So it says, what, what, in Latin, what it means is, under God, she flourishes, which cracks me up, is they've got that crest still in that church, and I think, you know, most people don't, you know, try to uh, understand what the Latin was, and, they, and, the, and, the, and in Princeton, they still have, under God, she flourishes. Wow. Um, and then how about um, even Southern Illinois University, okay, had Christian roots when it was founded in 1869. The school model was Deo Volate, which is Latin for God willing. Can you believe that? I mean, God willing. And it says, um, by the 1990s, there was almost no vestige of that Christian heritage left in that school. And, and um, this, might, uh, this might be something you don't know either. A lot of people say, well, um, how did that happen? If all these colleges had Christian roots, what happened? Well, there was something um, that actually uh, started uh, colleges to abandon their Christian roots. And science and naturalism over time changed these colleges to secular thinking. You know when Darwin came out with his theory and relativity and so forth? That, that was the year and that was the years that started people changing and pulling away from the absolutes of God. And the devil took that and wrote it for as long as he could go. So um, I know that many people view Christi Christianity as just another religion in the world with many religions. You know, that's that multiple path to the same place. And, uh, you know, they, because we, uh, we have that, they, I think that sometimes they think we're kind of, uh, 
legalistic. That's the word, legalistic. People go, wow, you guys are fanatic. You're legalistic. What do you mean? You know, there's, there's always a gray area. You know, for us as Christians, Jesus made it really clear. You know, you don't have to actually go out and, and fornicate just the thought. And that's a little, you know. And so a lot of us guys, man, we're constantly repenting. But God gives us that, that ability to be able to repent for it and get forgiveness. Amen? And so... Um, so we're not legalistic. You know, we're just trying to follow what God wants. Okay, now here's another one, number four. <clears throat> Hospitals and compassion. If you were to look for a hospital, you may have a hard time as well because Christians have established many hospitals. You know, uh, St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital? I can go on and on. There's a lot that if it was left up to the world, forget it. There's just no way. <clears throat> And it was all based out of, where does, where does this religion, if you want to call it, it comes from Jesus. Jesus made such an impact on this world 2,000 years ago, and all the people that tried to stomp out Christianity and his name, all they've done is actually lit a fire and caused it to even uh, ignite even more. And so it goes, uh, it says, not to mention uh, the compassion and love that would not have been shown where do people go when they really need something uh, when they're hurting um, and I hope I don't step on anybody's toes but they don't call up the mosque okay asking for help people call churches why because they know they can find help and because they know they will be shown love and compassion the reason for that is what Jesus has done and the compassion that Christians show in the name of Jesus isn't it interesting that our world is more afraid of Christians than they are Muslims? It is not Christians who are flying planes into buildings and bombing innocent people and vowing to destroy life. It is Christians who help the sick, feed the hungry, give back to the community, give generously to those in need, and seek to save innocent life. Yet the world would rather do without all of that than to have Jesus in the world. And I'm not, I'm not Muslim or, uh, you know, trashing. What I'm saying is, you know it's a spiritual thing that they're cr trying to take Christianity. Uh, the intolerance that we have for Christianity. We can tolerate everybody. Uh, every kind of weird thing in the world. Every cult in the world. But we can't, uh, we can't tolerate Christianity. Because it's a spiritual thing. And folks, I got news for you. <clears throat> We're getting very close to the end. And I got to tell you that the enemy, the man, the devil, okay, is really starting to sweat because his days literally are numbered. And the closer we get, the more he is going to get outrageous. And as a church, we need to stand up for those things that are right. And as a church, we need to be the head and not the tail. Amen? Amen. Amen and put our foot on his neck. So, um, so anyway, it says, um, oh, okay, so that's four. So now we're going to go to the fifth, okay, the fifth and final, and I'm sure there's more that you guys could come up with, but how about, and, and a lot of people would have put this first, but morality, okay, that's a big thing, morality. <clears throat> could you imagine the, the immorality in the world without Christ? It just, that would blow my mind. Many people have changed, because look how bad it is now. The, uh, the pornography 
the, the everything, I mean, you name it, uh, the, every lifestyle changes, uh, gaze and, and everything else. You know, as Christians, that's another thing. That's another whole lesson. But the truth of the matter is, we as Christians have really failed when it came, <clears throat> came to loving the sinner but hating the sin. Too often, amen, do I get an amen there? Because too often we get freaked out about the sinner and therefore it appears that we hate that sinner and hate the sin. But no wonder we're getting our fingers pointed back in our face because we should be embracing that sinner with love. How do you think they're going to uh, come to us and then get their life turned around? Hate the sin. But there's a lot of lifestyle things that I don't like in people. But I, I love them unconditionally. And I let them know. And that will perk up. If you want them to get their attention, that will get their attention. Because unfortunately, most Christian people blow people off that aren't living right. That was the one thing that drew me in to the church because I was a real hellion. I was 26 years old before I became a Christian. Uh, I, I hung out with all the East Side Pally uh, brothers, and, and uh, I mean, my life was just, I mean, it's, it's by the grace of God I am still alive, to be quite honest with you, that I didn't get shot or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, I, and I'm not proud of a lot of things I had done. You know, I had stolen, uh, just, it, it, it was terrible. And yet my sister went to this church, and I knew, I, I, my mom called her a fanatic, okay? And, uh, but by, by my sister's fervent prayers for me is how I became a Christian. And her acceptance when I came in, they didn't avoid me like the plague. They knew where I was. They knew what I, you know, I'd come in and, you know, I'd be loaded or whatever, you know. But they loved me. And <clears throat> I try not to get choked up over this, but whatever they had, I wanted it. Because I didn't have it in my life. And that's what I'm going to finish up with, is those people that don't have Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, we, we can look and say, oh, you know, I said, for the love of God, I'm so glad that Jesus is here, that we have them. But do you realize, I have literally gone through hell for the last five years with my back, and then the last couple years with Judy uh, losing her hearing and uh, her vertigo. And go, I can go on and on. Uh, you know, the business tanked. Uh, I lost my house. I could just, you guys know all the story anyway. And so I'm not giving glory to any of that. But what I'm saying is, man, if I did not have Jesus Christ, if I did not have a higher purpose, how do these people do it? I, 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 you know, Johanna, you're a great example. She lost a son. But, I mean, how would you have done it with not knowing that you're going to see him later? You couldn't have. And, and, and this, is what, this is why we, every one of us Christians, and, and I'm preaching to myself, should not feel comfortable here when there's those kind of people that are out there and they're struggling. And, and here's the thing. Their lives are so empty. They don't know. They don't realize how empty their lives are. And because they don't know any different, they just go through life. And it reminds me of this story. My stepdad was a veterinarian. And occasionally people would hit animals and bring them in. And uh, they didn't know who they were, and he would repair them, and then nobody picked them up. And so rather than, 
you know, juicing them, what he'd do is he'd use the dog, let's say, for a, uh, a blood donor, all right? And he lived, this dog lived in this cage in the vet's office. And the one thing that so impacted me, because I'm kind of soft with animals, is I remember coming down there and watching him work, and he said this other dog needed a transfusion. And what he did is he walked over to this cage, and he, and he opened up the cage, and the dog, I mean, was real happy, and he jumped out of the cage, and he ran all the way over to where the examination table is, and he jumped up on the table, knowing that he was going to get blood. And, and then when he was done, the dog just wagged his tail, and he gave him a little treat or whatever, and he goes back and gets in his cage. The dog never knew any different. Yet it broke my heart because I was saying, that's his life, a cage. But the dog was happy because he didn't know anything else. And you realize how we can be so comfortable in our polluted world that there's people walking around like dead people, and they don't know. They don't know there's another way. Oh, they know, uh, they know religion and, and, and legalize, you know, legalization and, and crazy people like that, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know that total unconditional love. And how are they going to know that without us? And Christmas time is the perfect time to do that uh, because they're open. And do you know they say there's more suicides and deaths and, uh, on Thanksgiving and, Christ and uh, Christmas? Because there's such a, first of all, I think that the enemy hates the fact that, you know, there even is a Christmas, but he puts a dark cloud and depression. People get more depressed and, 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 and down ever and on the holidays. And, and they, they don't have an answer, folks. They don't have an answer. And I feel like we actually take Jesus for granted because not that we don't, you know, Jesus makes it real clear that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. I, I'm living proof, and that's another whole sermon about how you can be pruned, but you go through certain uh, periods of like when things are happening to you, you're going, oh God, what did I do wrong? God, I'm, I, 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 I apologize for this. Oh God, I repent of that. Oh God, is there somebody that I haven't uh, made amends to? What is it? What is it? And then uh, you begin to think, Oh, well, you know, it's a demonic thing. Um, and so you go around your house and you anoint everything with oil. And, and uh, they have these little things that the Jewish people have on the side of their door. Have you ever seen that? Behind it actually is a, is a prayer. It's in there. Uh, and, and um, you know, I, I've done that. And, and, and still, you know, and so my wife and I, what, what? And sometimes he's just working in your life. He's getting your attention. How many know that he's more interested in, in uh, your character than he is your comfort? Amen? I mean, a lot of people here can attest to that. But where, how, how, how could you do it? I couldn't do it without Jesus. I could not do it without that thought of knowing that, man, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. And I can't wait to get home. You know? <clears throat> and sometimes when we get really, really, really sick... And we say, we don't want to live like this anymore. <clears throat> you, can have, you wish you could have a ticket. Go home. <clears throat> but anyway, you know 
that Jesus still has a use for every single one in here. He has a call on every single one of you. He has a purpose that we, we need to be pressing in, pressing in. It's nice to say that, <clears throat> it's nice to say that what if, what if Jesus wasn't here? But the fact remains, he was born. He is here. Amen. I'd like you to do something with me right now. Give me an amen for every one of these that I read, okay? After I read this, okay. Jesus did come to earth. He is the fulfillment of every Old Testament prophecy. He was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Heavenly angels announced his birth. Shepherds visited him. He did live a perfect life. He touched people and healed them. He raised people from the dead. He did walk on water. He has fed the multitudes. He did die on the cross. He has risen from the dead. He has paid our sin and debt. He is seated at the right hand of our Father. He is now making intercession for you and for me. He listens to the cry of your heart. He loves you with an everlasting love. He wants to forgive your sins. He longs to be your Savior. I think that pretty well covers it all. Um, I'm just going to close with salvation is being saved from what we deserve. And that is why it is good news that Jesus came. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. Therefore, the next time you hear someone say or imply that the world would be better off without Jesus or without Christmas, don't forget what life would really be like if Jesus never came. It wouldn't be a pretty picture for us, would it? Praise God, our Father, for letting there be a Jesus so we can know God. And I thank you for letting me share. And I hope you guys have a great time. And I hope you, uh, you know, come together with your families and just glorify Jesus. Thank you very much. Amen. You know, when I was talking about maybe possibly, you know, people being down or whatever, if you're going through something right now and everything else, as our worship team begins to play, please feel free to come forward. There's a lot of people here who would just love to pray for you. And, you know, Jesus is real, and Jesus will meet whatever need you have. Amen.